Welcome back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire, here at the uh, Hertz Farm Management Office in Geneseo, Illinois. Um, got, a, uh, uh, got another guest with us this week. Uh, we're talking with uh, Nathan Klachewski. He is a technical agronomist with Growmark, and there's some, so there's some other stuff that goes along with that title. So, uh, uh, Dr. Klachewski, thanks for joining us, and I'll, I'll kind of let you introduce yourself and, and uh, give us your title there with Growmark and, and talk a little bit about your background and, and what your current role is. Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, so, as you said, I'm a technical agronomist with Growmark, and I'm also the um, plant disease and entomology specialist for the Growmark system. And so, with that title, um, as a technical agronomist, that means that I have a territory that I cover um, where I am the point person, you know, the boots on the ground person. If there's a an issue. Um, I'm in the field helping out, um, helping out those people with, with their issues. Uh, but as the specialist in entomology and plant pathology, it means that for anybody underneath that Growmark umbrella, any FS um, member company or Southern States member company, uh, if anyone has an issue with uh, plant disease or insect, who um, kind of provides that expertise um, and can help guide them with with their management uh, decisions as well as you know troubleshooting that sort of thing. So a lot of uh, outreach and education also with these positions. So we're doing a lot of our training of our new crop specialists, agronomists, uh, things like that uh, throughout the season, and making sure everybody's up to date with uh, with the the, the, the most current um, agronomic practices and making sure that we're uh, doing things, in the best way possible agronomically. Um, so that's that's really my role uh, with Growmark. Um, and previous to this, I was actually the uh, plant pathologist, extension plant pathologist at the University of Illinois for the uh, previous four years. And um, so been here, been here in the Midwest for a while. I'm from Wisconsin, and um, glad to be working uh, with Growmark. And glad to be talking with you today. Okay, well, thanks for uh, thanks for filling us in on your on your background there, and again, thank you for taking the time to join us today, Dr. Lucheski. Uh, and it's that plant pathology piece that we really wanted to bring in and, and talk a little bit about today. Um, you know, we uh, we're we're kind of past the time all the fungicides been put on this year, and we're getting ready to start harvest up in northern Illinois. I think the combines are probably rolling in, in southern Illinois. Um, but kind of wanted to recap a little bit some of the disease issues that we've been seeing and, and talk a little bit about, you know, what to be thinking uh, going forward here as far as management and, and planning for the next crop year. So uh, why don't we start off with corn? Uh, one of the big things that's been on everybody's mind for the last few years anyway is, is tar spot. What have you been seeing and hearing with regard to tar spot and uh, uh, kind of talk about where we're at and, and what we should be thinking going forward? Yeah, this year tar spot was definitely um, definitely a, a big topic and definitely a problem in, in several parts of the United States, even as you move up into uh, Ontario. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with just the weather we had this year. Um, I really likes it cool and wet. And every time we had those cool temperatures come in uh, with that wet weather, it, it really primed the pump. And then you know, it just kind of exploded on us. And so, you know, one of the other one of the other reasons that we saw so much of it this year, I think at least, and then this is my opinion, is that there were a lot of acres um, lined up for applications and and a lot of those applications had to get pushed back just because there was so much demand and not enough uh, not enough uh, capacity to put them on. 
Um, and, and with that came some acres that maybe get, got on a little too early and some that got on too late and get a fungicide application at all. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's been one of the main, main topics this year with tar spot has been fungicide, um, fungicide use and control. And, you know, the other thing we got to keep in mind with tar spot is that's, that's a disease because it's rather sporadic. And when it does show up, I mean, the last time we had a big outbreak was 2018, um, you know, we just don't have a lot of materials in in our lineups that are going to actually provide um, really strong resistance to this disease. So even the, the best hybrids we have, it's kind of like incremental um, um, in terms of the, the amount of reduction of disease that we're going to get. And so, you know, until we get really good resistant hybrids out there uh, in a disease conducive year like this year, uh, fungicide applications and getting those fungicides on in a timely fashion are are really going to be important for what uh, what kind of efficacy have you been seeing from uh, from fungicide use fungicide on it at the right time which is just before you know just before disease onset really sets in um, on that ear leaf and above I mean you can get a good 65 75 percent control of of that disease um but in a situation like this year i mean you have to realize we're getting about three weeks of control of that disease um and this year for those that went out early and were in a region that was we had high risk for tar spot let's just say central illinois for example um you know those those sides they run out of gas within three weeks and and this year a lot of those fields that meant you were still at R4, you know, you're at soft dough and you still had quite a bit of time left in the season with more cool, wet weather on the way. Um, and so in those cases, when you when you get on too early, I mean, there were situations where people had to go on with two applications this year um, of, of fungicides. And that's, you know, I'd say that's atypical, but it's something we have to keep in mind with these fungicides, too, is that they'll 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 protect us. But if if you've got a situation where there's a lot of inoculum in the air just due to weather and and surrounding fields have a lot of disease you know that there's still plenty of time to to see some losses so um but in general you know those the products we have work work pretty good but uh they're not going to provide you season-long control not with tar spot at least in a year like this year any uh any particular geographies that that are uh, uh hit harder than others as far as tar spot that, that you're hearing. I know you're kind of in north central Illinois, sort of our our territory. I've been in a lot of fields and, and you can find tar spot just about any field you go in. Um, but in in general, there hasn't been a lot of lesions and it came on late enough that uh, it's not going to be impacting yields. But I suspect there's other areas of the state that have been hit a little bit harder. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a good point you bring up. You know, this is a a disease that produces those those black structures on the leaves and they're they're easy to see and they're easy to see when the plants are senesced and so you know if you've got your yields aren't quite there you might blame it on tar spot but that's because maybe you can't see the gray leaf spot or the northern on those leaves anymore and those those stroma pop up but uh yeah in general um the areas that are a little uh i'd say central illinois up through kind of that north central part of the state um uh were, were hit really hard uh there were some just absolutely just smoked fields out um, 
compare, I want to say Farmer City, Tolono, that area where I've, I've been at, been at a few calls over there. Um, actually down, if you go southeast towards, I guess would be near Vincennes, Indiana, through that part of Illinois, uh, where you get under pivot irrigation there. There's, there's quite a bit of disease, and that's because that, that irrigation was really kind of favoring the, the conditions for disease. And if you're looking regionally, I mean, really southwest part of Wisconsin, um, or yeah, southwest part of Wisconsin, northwest part of Indiana, a good chunk of kind of that central south Michigan, and then Ontario has it pretty bad this year as well. Um, and those are at levels where, where I'd say you're probably going to see some yield loss. Um, everywhere else, like you said, though, you're, you're going to see it at some level, but that's like any disease. You, you can almost always see fields with a little bit of some diseases um, in them, but it's not going to be problematic. So you mentioned, of course, fungicide use. You talked about, you know, uh, hybrid selection and, you know, germplasm uh, playing, uh, playing a role. Um, what, uh, what role does, does tillage and residue management play in managing tar spot? So in a... Let's let's call it a moderate disease year, moderate uh, uh, a year that's moderate in terms of conditions that will promote tar spot. You know, tillage obviously is going to reduce the amount of inoculum within a field, um, and the amount of spores within that field that will move into that canopy. Um, and so, in a year where there's not a ton of inoculum out there, you can see that you know tillage or residue management can can help somewhat with disease, but it's definitely not going to be a huge component. So we did some trials in Illinois when I was at the university, some tillage trials where we reduced the amount of residue um, from like 75% cover to about 25% cover. And that translated in about a 16% reduction in tar spot. So it's not, it wasn't in that, that instance. Um, the other thing we have to keep in mind is that in this disease will move quite a quite a ways on air, air uh, currents, especially in these flat topographies we have in the Midwest. Um, we know it moves at least three quarters of a mile, likely more. So you can really have an aggressive tillage program implemented in a field. Uh, but if you've got anybody in that region that, you know, has no till corn, um, those spores potentially can move into your field anyways. Um, so it might reduce when the disease starts, but if the weather is conducive, that the amount of that's going to get you a benefit that's going to get you might not really be observable. Um, so my main recommendation for people is, look, if you're if you're no-till conservation tillage, uh, you don't feel like you have to go ripping up your fields because this is more of a regional disease, um, you know, uh, so really, it comes down to rotation and just trying to uh, trying to manage this disease based on the conditions that we have during the field season. Sure, and and remind me the the tar spot inoculum it does overwinter here, correct? Right. Yeah. So it's going to be overwintering as those black spots on that on that corn residue. So you know that's where it's coming from the previous year. Some people, you might say, well, if we had a, a really problematic year, does that mean we're going to have more of a problem next year? And um, the inoculum's there, uh, the potential's there, but it, it really comes down to weather. So we'll see what happens next year. If we have another wet year, it could could be really bad. Sure, exactly. So now we're, you know, we're, we're like I said, getting started with harvest. And, and obviously, as we 
uh, as we think about disease issues and how they affect harvest, uh, stock rots really come into play and uh, anthracnose and, and some of those. Um, you know, so as we think about prioritizing which fields we should be in, that's really going to be, you know, that's really going to be important. Um, what have you been hearing about, about the stock rot uh, situation? Well, it, relatively high amounts of, 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 I guess I call them, I want to call them standability issues. Um, and some of those are due to stock rots. Some of those are due to corn rootworm issues. Um, and then you just have uh, potential issues where we had a lot of water coming early and we had a lot of nitrogen leaching. And so any of those things can lead to um, issues with standability in the corn. Um, as we we look at our fields, really, it's important to be getting out there right around, you know, R5, you know, black layer around that time and making sure we're going out and doing some push tests in those fields. Uh, and any field that has an incidence of 15% or more at R5 uh, in terms of plants that lodge when you do that push test, those are going to be fields you definitely want to be targeting for early harvest because the longer they sit out there, the more likely that they're going to fall over if we have any kind of wind event. And you start hearing about tropical storms brewing in the south and, you know, that, that should kind of make your hair stand up a little bit on your neck and uh, maybe think about, boy, you know, when can I, when can I get these out? Is there, it, it, can I dry these? You know, can I harvest still a little wet and dry? And you know, those are, those are the things you should be thinking about right about now in a lot of areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, we had, uh, we had a lot of areas with, with wind damage uh, here over the last few weeks uh, remnants of the of the the tropical storm Ida and and even before that um, we had quite a few fields with some wind damage and and once those plants get kinked and, and broken over uh, that allows some of those you know external fungi or molds to kind of start working their way in and mm -hmm. and uh, yeah definitely definitely important to get out there like you said and take a look and, and decide which uh, which fields it's you know you want to prioritize. Uh, to get in there before they uh, before they end up on the ground. Yeah. So let's transition to soybeans a little bit. Um, uh, I know kind of the big the big disease that a lot of a lot of guys are dealing with is is white mold. Uh, seeing a little bit of sudden death as well. But let's talk about white mold first. What are you uh, what What are you hearing around the area? Well, you know, uh, and I can tell you this, that a year, and you can probably write this down, any year that's going to be bad for tar spots, probably going to be bad for white mold. Um, and that's simply because they both have very similar, you know, ranges of temperatures that really, really favor their development. They like a cool and wet uh, parts of northern Illinois, um, southern Wisconsin, and you're in moving further south than we would typically see. And a lot of that was just due to these cool fronts and wet weather. Um, and so we're seeing it in areas where typically it's not an annually issue. Um, but in, in those parts of the north, northwest part of the state, south, southwest Wisconsin, you know, those, those are areas where white mold was, was this year. Um, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a really challenging disease to, to deal with. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that uh, when we see it one year, we definitely want to make sure it's on our radar for the subsequent year because it's, it's going to continue to be a problem after a, uh, after a, a year like this one. Yeah. And that one really is difficult. You know, we, in my uh, uh, previous tenure doing, doing some research on, on white mold, it was always difficult. You could, 
you could inoculate it. You know, you could you could plant continuous soybeans in areas that had had white mold before. And, and if you don't get if you don't get the cooperation from Mother Nature, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it just won't show up. Uh, and and it, it really needs a lot of help from from the weather. Um, but what are some things, you know, as far as management, I mean, is there really, when guys ask you that, what, what can you do to, uh, kind of reduce your risk from white mold? Well, a lot of that has to do, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there with, with the environment. Um, and obviously we can't control the weather, but there are some aspects of production that we can, we can look towards, um, for management. Now, one thing I'll point out is that, kind of like with tar spot, you know, there's not a lot of great materials out there, but there are some soybean cultivars that are a little more tolerant um, to this disease and others, meaning that they'll produce a crop, but you're not going to see as severe of a, a yield loss when white mold shows up. So if you're in a, a, field, a history of white mold going, when well, next time you get in that field of soybeans, making sure you're going out with something that is less susceptible um, is going to be probably the first thing you should be looking at. Um, another thing that you can consider, and again, it all depends on what your other production practices are, but in general, if we start getting down, you know, if you're not planting on 30 inch rows, if you're getting into 15s, um, and in some cases, you know, some people might even be trying, you know, seven and a half, depending on where you're at, the, the more narrow those rows are, that's great for weed control, but that also ends up that canopy closure ends up causing a lot of humidity to be captured and causes a cooling effect. And what that does is that that stimulates those apothecia to germinate and then those spores to be produced during that flowering period. And that's when you can have more issues. So, you know, that's you know, trying to stay on thirties is something that that can help. And if you're in an area where you're doing a lot of irrigation, again, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it, it becomes a decision of do I water my beans or worry about white mold but you can um, you know one of the recommendations would be to try to uh, reduce the number of irrigation events that you have and maybe increase the volume of water per irrigation event so that you're not constantly running that pivot and cooling down that canopy and bringing water into the picture because that's that's really what you need are those really cool wet conditions and those canopies closed to make things happen. Um, and then, you know, if you're, you're in a situation where um, you get a history of white mold and, and it's getting wet and your canopies are closing, uh, getting on one of those labeled uh, foliar fungicides between R1 and R3 is really what you got to be thinking about to further suppress that disease um, during a, a conducive year. Those can, those can definitely help you out. Yeah, white mold is a, it really is a frustrating disease because it just, you think about a lot of the things that you just mentioned there and, you know, all of the, or a lot of the things that we recommend to guys to, to increase their soybean yield potential, right? That plant early, uh, you know, narrower rows, get a good canopy, uh, you know, early stand establishment. Uh, all of those things you know, help increase your yield potential, but they also increase your risk for white mold. And so it becomes a balancing act, uh, especially in the in the northern uh, northern latitudes to to try to try to strike that balance between getting that good yield potential but but reducing your white mold risk right exactly what about uh, what about sudden death uh haven't really seen a lot of that around here it's it's a little bit sporadic uh, in the fields in this area anyway um but what are you seeing uh, what are you seeing around the region 
Well, you know, that's that's something that uh, has kind of come on late, and that's a good thing um, because when it comes on late, it's kind of the later in the season we have a disease issue in soybeans and corn, the less likely it is to, to really nip our yields. Um, so we, we've seen it kind of pop up, like you said, sporadically um, in parts of the state here and there, not, not huge fields being wiped out. You're going into Iowa, they're, they're seeing it pop up here and there as well. Um, but in general, not, I don't think this is going to be a huge SDS year, which, uh, which is a good thing, but, uh, you know, we started out the season pretty, pretty wet, um, a little bit on the cool side that really favors the development of this disease. But then in a lot of areas, and you think of Iowa, even parts of Illinois, um, they were, we were in drought. I mean, it was hot and dry there for a good chunk of time. And that, that really slows down the development of, of that disease. And I think that that kind of helped us out a lot um, in terms of pushing on the defoliation stage uh, later on into the season when it's less likely to be an issue. So, um, but it's, it is out there, like, like you're saying. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that once it's established, it's, it's there to stay. And then you got to have to kind of, kind of management, manage it proactively and just kind of let the uh, let the environment do the rest for you and kind of see what happens at the end of the year. So there again, and I think we'll probably hear some common themes here, but what do you recommend from a management standpoint for reducing well, risk? Yeah, so that, that one, you know, that one we, again, you know, going towards a cultivar that's less susceptible. And there, there are a lot of great cultivars out there that can really, really help reduce disease. But unfortunately, when we start getting new herbicide traits out there, uh, typically those are being released um, before they get a lot of screening for SDS uh, susceptibility. And so we might have, you know, we get a lot of these new traits coming out. Um, they tend to be weaker against SDS. And that's why uh, we tend to see it takes a couple of years for the cultivars to catch up. Um, so I would say, you know, you're, you're probably a lot of the, the materials that we have in some of these newer cultivars are, are probably going to be middling in terms of their uh, resistance, in terms of the best ones, I should say. But in general, you'd want to go with the, the least susceptible one you can uh, get your hands on. And then, you know, planting uh, your beans with a uh, SDS seed treatment. And the two best ones we have out there are uh, in terms of efficacy as well as just reproducibility would be Saltro and Olivo, you know, those, those in addition to um, the moderately resistant, you know, cultivar can, can really help out in terms of reducing your, your chance to see those um, significant yield losses later on in the season. Excellent. Great, great information. Well, I, uh, we really do appreciate your time. Anything else before we wrap up? Anything else on your mind uh, from a disease standpoint? Uh, you know, it's it's always one of those things where you wish you could predict the future and uh, you, you wish you had all the answers. And uh, when it comes to disease management and it's it's a lot it's this way with farming and a lot of things, you know, you're, you're playing the odds and, uh, in a year like this year, uh, when you have those wet conditions, you know, the odds are that we're going to have, have more disease and, uh, just keep in mind what you had this year and use that knowledge to help prepare you for next year. And we'll see what happens weather-wise. Yeah. I've told a lot of people to ask me in November, I'll tell you exactly what you should have done. 
<laughs> that's right. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of this, uh, of this, this business, but, um, but no, again, uh, Appreciate your time today, uh, Nathan Klachewski with uh, Technical Agronomist and Plant Pathologist with Growmark. Um, probably bring you back if you're willing uh, next, probably early next year when we start thinking about planting to talk about some early season diseases and things to be thinking about at, uh, at planting time, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, anytime. All right. Thanks again, Dr. Klachewski, and thanks to everybody for listening. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you.